Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Adults. My name is Glenn King, and it is my great honor and pleasure to bring you adult entertainment talk for the adult entertainment curious. And you know, every week I tell you I've got a special performer with us to talk about. I know you guys hear that a lot from me. But today, truly, I have a very, very, very special performer with us. She's somebody that I've known for many years. She is not only one of the nicest people and most beautiful people in the industry and a true legend of adult films, um, but she is somebody who has an absolute army of loyal followers who all would rip their own arms off and beat (laughs) themselves to death if she asked them to, and, and very few people command that kind of loyalty. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I bring you the great Allura Jensen. Oh, Allura my Jensen. God. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> that, that was quite an introduction. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you could come over here to the Mean Bitch Mansion. Um, this is the uh, old Mean Bitch Mansion. I was just telling Allura that we're building a new one that's going to be incredible. We'll be moving to in a month or so. Wow. But Allura took time to come on over here just so you guys... Uh, know what she looks like. I always sort of create the visual image for them. First off, um, she's wearing a white sundress that appears to be a few sizes too small to capture her giant boobs. <laughs> yeah. Um, although they may not make a sundress big that enough. is capable <laughs> of containing those guys. Um, so she's wearing a sundress. Uh, she has blonde hair. I'm sure you guys all know what she looks like, but if you want to, her Twitter is Allura Jensen, A-L-U-R-A-J-E-N-S-O-N. And she actually has glasses on today because she's very smart. I think this this makes her smart. <laughs> it's a librarian book. <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful. Um, all right. So you and I have known each other for, oh God. Uh, I think, about seven or eight years. Yeah. I think you started in, like, 2011, and then we shot a scene with you maybe two or three years in. Right away, actually. You and I met right uh-huh. away, but we didn't work together for for a little while because I uh, had an interesting start. You know, I was still adjusting um, from the transition from pre-porn life to porn life, and it took me a little while to get a hold onto things, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, coming from a rather structured background, um, I uh, had to transition from being a military member to doing porn for a living, and it's it's quite a lifestyle change, so it took me a minute to, to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, let me just mention really quickly, um, I feel very strongly about this. Thank you for your service. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you to everyone who is out there listening, who is in our military service, and who um, lays their lives on the line for our country, and especially, as I was saying to Laura before we got on the air, right now... You know, we're sort of on the brink of war with just about anybody. We're always on the brink of war, though. <laughs> it, it just depends on who's in charge. We appreciate, and everyone appreciates, and I think everyone hopefully expresses that to you, oh, that's how much sweet. we appreciate your service. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate people who make the decision to join our armed services. Um, whether or not it works out for them, no matter how long they serve, it's it's a frame of mind, and it's it's a heartfelt dedication. Um and their families too. Their families serve right along with them. And you know, my my heartfelt gratitude goes out to them. We don't want to bore people with the the daily details of her military service, but I think it's probably very interesting to know how you came into the industry and oh. moved from military to the adult film industry. I don't th- there are a few others. There um that, that's actually that is an interesting story. Um I I joined the military um, right out of high school. I mean, I was actually in high school when I signed my papers 
Um, I had ideas of what I wanted my life to be. Um, I had this idea of tradition that I thought was honorable. So I, I joined the military because I wanted to follow along with those ideas. I was raised to believe that in order to be an honorable American, you you join your service, you serve your time, and you do right by your fellow countrymen. Um, but I didn't understand until a little bit later in life that you can be an honorable American and an honorable countryman um, by doing things that make you happy, that help you to contribute to society, to support you know, those military members who do make it their lifestyle. Absolutely. And it, it took me a few years until I was, uh, just before I was 30, um, was when I left the military. Um, my sexual appetites, and this is no bullshit. You hear, but you hear about this a lot. And, you know, it, it sounds like some pretty typical, you know, crappy porn script that somebody's reading on the air. But no, this is actually true. My entire life, since I was very small, um, I was aware of my sexuality and my thirst for different ways to exercise that and to enjoy it um, began to be a problem for me in my mm -hmm. adulthood. Okay. And, uh, and you're too horny all the time. It, it seriously became an issue for me, and I, I developed very nearly a dangerous sex addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is the lifestyle that I chose to be in a structured occupation, um, basically without, without boring the shit out of everybody, I couldn't keep my legs closed and I didn't care who knew it. Yeah. I didn't give a shit. Yeah. Um, and this is just at the time when the military was beginning to change. Um, things were very traditional when I joined, um, good old boys club. I'm sure all of you retirees remember it. Your recent retirees remember back when, you know, it was a man's club and yeah, God, I fucking loved every one of them. Oh my God. And the married ones too. Oh, I didn't have my first group sex experience until I was in the military. Oh fuck. It was the hottest thing I've ever been through in my life. Um, brand new, brand new. And I, I walked into my first duty station and there had all these hot guys and, and just something clicked in my fucking brain. And I'm just like, you, 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 you. <laughs> Five guys came back to my apartment with oh me. I fucked every one of them. Didn't care if they were married. Didn't care if they were gay. Didn't give a shit. Okay. And, I mean, it, it just went on from there. And then, and then the women. I would begin to experience women. And, you know, homosexuality back in the day, back in 95, 96, 90, it was, this is a no-no. This will get your ass put in jail, kicked out. You know, you're fired. Get away. Give us our uniform back. Yeah. Um, swinging. Oh, oh God. <laughs> and, and my, my sexual appetites with each experience grew. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Because you, you started with five guys yeah. and now you're saying it grew from there. It grew because I mean, how do you, how do you outdo that? How do you find the next most awesome thing to do with your body? And you know, all these physical sensations that are possible with the human body, um, different kinds from different people, different orientations. I mean, oh my God. Role playing, props. Yes. <laughs> oh, integrating God. military, you know, you integrate tanks, weapons. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> and I, I, I started having sex at work. I mean, I, I mean, over at the boss's desk and I didn't give a fuck. I didn't care. <laughs> and it just, it just kept growing and growing and growing until finally, you know, <laughs> back, um, you know, back in like 2005, six and seven, 
when the military was changing and homosexuality wasn't quite such a secret anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and the polyamorous lifestyle wasn't such a secret anymore. Still a no-no, still against the law, but yeah, people didn't quite bring the hammer down on the back of the necks of people who practice those um, lifestyles. Um, you kind of piss off the wrong person and, you know, <laughs> and I decided to have happy memories of my service and wish them all love and luck and support them in my own way in the future. <laughs> and that's when I started dancing. Okay. Oh, because so I, you got out of the military mm-hmm. because you were too much of an infomaniac. I really was. And that's not bullshit. No. And, and, yeah. and by the way, if you're listening and thinking about your own life and what, um, you know, maybe you're feeling like you're unhappy because you're not in the right job. You do have to understand that one of the most important things in life is understanding who you are and what you're good at and what makes you happy and then going out and doing something that fits that. And, you know, people tend to uh, look down upon sex workers of all kinds. Yeah. However, for many of us, including myself, who's in the adult industry, it's simply a matter of finding out what we do best and then doing it. So Alora over here realized it and then said, okay, I need to get out of the military and get into something that more, that really I'm getting paid to do what it is I love to do. So you went to the strip club. I, I, I decided at the very end, I was tired of being ashamed. I yep. was tired of being yeah. told that I was a bad person. I was tired. You know, the word whore to me is, is funny now because I've been in the industry for so long. But at the time when I had aspirations to be labeled as honorable, to be labeled a good person because of what I was doing. Um, I was tired of people telling me that I wasn't a good person because after so many years of riding along these traditional guidelines, I realized, Hey, I am a good person. And just because I have physical needs and ideas and, you know, all of these fantasies, that doesn't make me a bad person. Right. I contribute. I don't hurt people. And I, I was tired of being told that I couldn't live my life in a way that made me happy, just like what you said. So I kind of tap danced with the idea of the adult industry by starting to dance with the strip clubs in Las Vegas because, Jesus, oh, my God, it did not take long for me to go from being a stripper to being a sex worker because there was so much dick. There was so much dick. I mean, in order to make a living, I'm required to give people erections, right? right? Men and women. Women get erections too, you guys. Let's not let's not make that mistake of thinking they don't. They just have them differently. And sure. men and women, many times a day, were getting aroused by me. And fuck, what was I supposed to do? I'm not going to say no. Like, yeah, you want to fuck? Let's do this. You know, like, <laughs> it was a happy day. <laughs> sure. If I wasn't fucking, you know, half a dozen to a dozen people a day, strangers, oh, oh, God, that was so hot. And I went to work seven days a week. Wow. So, which club was this? Can you say? No, I'd rather okay. not go to jail. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, you know, if you, if you do your research, it's not hard to find. Okay. So you're working in a club yeah. seven days a week having sex with all the guys because you just loved having sex. I couldn't stop. Yeah. I could not help myself. And... I got cast for my first adult movie completely by accident, by accident with a mutual friend of ours, actually, uh, Rebecca Love. Oh yeah, was yeah. feature dancing sure. at this particular club, but which we will not name for legal purposes. Um, and she said, "Hey, we need an extra." 
this big company uh, named Browsers. I'd never heard of Browsers. You know, any porn that I would watch um, was ridiculous at the time, if I ever watched porn, because I was fucking so much I didn't need to. Um, <laughs> she says, Browsers needs an extra. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Um, she says, well, you're blonde, big boobs. They need you to be in the background, sitting somewhere. Just be there. And I, I went to this extra gig. So, like, $100 to sit in a bar. Like, okay. You know? <laughs> That's what I do for, you know? So, what I found out just a few days later, it was like three days after I did this, just to be in the background of this major production, they, uh, they contacted me. And I said... I don't know what you want. Because at this point, I made way more money as a dancer than I did as a new porn star. And people have to, you know, they have to understand the the, the numbers about this, but I won't get into that. Um, they contacted me and they said there was a public outcry. <laughs> there was. There was a, yeah. and I, I will never people forget. People are storming the streets. They're protesting. They're saying, <laughs> there, there was literally must have more allure. An outcry. They yeah. had no idea who I was, but so many people um, requested that I do a movie. And they actually brought me in in person to tell me this. And I thought, oh, that's insane. Why don't they just come see me at the club? They don't have to see me on a movie. Just see me in person. Just fuck me for real, you know? And, and I said, no, no, we'll, we'll just, you know, we want to pay you to have sex on camera. And I said, really? <laughs> like, sure. You guys want to, you want to photograph me doing this? Like, is this a thing? <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Who knew people were getting paid? I'm like, you're going to pay me to do this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to jail, right? Because at the point I had to... I had to uh, keep I had to keep things quiet about what I was doing in the club because I didn't want to go to jail because it was illegal. Yeah. And I decided to make the switch from doing illegal shit every day to, hey, let's still fuck strangers and not go to jail for it. I get paid. I'm like, I win. Why not? I see your logic. Yes. <laughs> I think that makes a lot of sense. Sex with strangers. So much sex with strangers. Oh, my God. And all different kinds of sex. Yeah. Oh, Oh my god! Oh my god! That was so exciting. My very first triple X scene was interracial, with the most magnificent stallion of a man. Oh my god! I'll remember it my whole life. Lucas Stone. Oh fuck! This hot, gorgeous, six and a half foot tall, ebony man with beautiful, rich, dark skin, bent me over and pile drive me. I've never done that in my life. I thought he was going to split me in half. And I said, if doing porn hurts this much, I'm never shooting another sex scene again. So, of course, I was back a few days later to do another one. <laughs> you, it, I'm just... So, there are some girls who can naturally go into a pile driver, yeah. but your body style doesn't seem like it would fit a pile driver very well, but... I, I vaginally never performed a pile driver like yeah. yeah i'm flexible like it's gymnast all right we need to explain to people what the pile driver position is oh okay a woman is uh laying on her back and uh -huh. then the male or female partner whatever you know um will pick up her lower body and flip her feet over her head it's like a yoga position yeah and then he will or she will penetrate the woman on the bottom from above yeah so it's like if you're a guy and you want to understand this, just imagine yourself laying on your back, trying to get into a position so that you could orally pleasure yourself. 
Mm-hmm. So you brought your legs up so that your own crotch was coming towards your own face. Yeah. That's Pile Driver. <laughs> and that's what, imagine Laura yeah. uh, getting into that position. I got one quick question about the strip club. Mm-hmm. I read a rumor on the internet that I, I don't know, is this true or not? You You had... An Arab gentleman came into the club. Oh, yeah, this is all true. This is a true story. <laughs> this is so true, yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, Tell us God. that story, please. I, it just depends on which Arab you're talking about. This man, oh, he was he was a quirky, he was a quirky little dude. He was. He was a little dude. He was like five foot something. And I will never forget it. I'll never forget it. This is the, this is the funniest story. He walks into the club, and it's about 6.30 in the afternoon. And mind you, if, if you know anything about Vegas strip clubs... Um, they're not really busy until about 9, 10 is when it really starts to pop, right? Yeah. So if you're there at 6.30, it's because you've done something bad and the owner wants to punish you. Well, which was me all the time. So I was <laughs> so this little guy walks in, and I, I had no idea who he was. He walks in, and he, he says, you, come over here. And I'm mm. like, bitch, you better realize who you're talking to because I don't get told what to do, right? Please come to here. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm sure it was in a yeah. botched up English. Oh, fuck. It, Please come to here and sit up down. And I was amused. I was so amused by him because he was unassuming. He wasn't wearing flashy clothes. And not the typical thing that Vegas strippers will look for is attire or accessories. or. But I he, he told me to sit down and I, I was amused by him. And I had every intention of sitting down at the table like he said and berating him and humiliating him it was going to be fun for me he sat me down he puts a thousand dollars in cash on the table slides it across the table at me and a pack of marvel reds now at the time i didn't smoke but he says here you start smoking and i said you're gonna give me a thousand dollars to start smoking he says no no you have champagne too so he brings a really expensive bottle of champagne over to the table with a pack of marble reds and a thousand dollars in cash sitting on the table. And I look at him and I'm like, man, you are one fucking weirdo, right? Like you're going to pay me to sit here and smoke cigarettes and drink champagne. I'm like, okay, you know, to each their own. I, you know, this little guy wasn't exactly attractive to me. Um, and then I, I looked at him, I said, if this is all I have to do for a thousand dollars, sure. I'll light up a cigarette. Why the hell not? Right. And he says, your boobs are terrible. <laughs> he says, your breasts are just terrible. And your I, boobs, they are terrible. Uh, right. And I, <laughs> you're paying me $1,000 to smoke your cigarettes and drink this really expensive champagne and to assault me. I said, please continue. I'll take another 1000 <laughs> Yes, can Yes, my boobs are terrible. Here, look at them. They mm. are awful. Yes. Yes. He says, they're terrible. Your boobs are ugly. I don't like them. And he kept feeding me champagne and cigarettes and money. And I, I said, Okay. And then he got up and left after about an hour, which is what renting a stripper is. You know, it costs about a thousand dollars in Vegas. Yeah, in Vegas, it's about a thousand, um, especially because the girl's going to tip out to get you know whatever. Yeah. And what did he say? Did he just get up and walk out without he, saying a word? He got up and left. <laughs> That's it. Thousand dollars champagne. Of course, the girls were looking at me, and I'm like, hands are in air, and I, I'm incredulous. I'm like, why did this guy just fucking pay me all this money? to sit here and smoke to tell me that my boobs were terrible and he let me keep the money. So I'm like, you know, fuck you, buddy. Have a nice day. Sure. And I gave the girls a champagne and I didn't smoke. Of course I picked it up after that, but <laughs> that's how he made you into a smoker. Yeah. <laughs> the very next day, mm-hmm. the very next day, a surgeon contacted me, a very well-known plastic surgeon 
uh, contacted me and said, your breast enhancement surgery has been paid for. When would you like to schedule? <laughs> and I, I thought it was a prank call. I really did. Yeah. And I said, you know, this really isn't funny. I, I don't think it's funny because at the time I was married. And uh, I said, new boobs. So I, I kind of was skeptical. I actually went down to the surgical office. I went down to the office. And yeah, it was paid for. The guy hated my boobs so much. He paid for my surgery the very next day. And I never saw him again. And that was my first boob job. Incredible. <laughs> what an incredible story. You never heard from the guy again. You never, never, did yeah. you even find out his name at least through the surgeon? He, he told me what his name was. Not the surgeon, but the guy told me what his name was. And I'm sure the surgeon knew because mm -hmm. you can pay for plastic surgery with cash. Sure. And, you know, yeah. So it, it worked just like that. And I was, people exist like that. Isn't that funny? Yeah, people exist like that who money is meaningless to them. Yeah, and they got me hooked. Just do. Got me fucking hooked. And I'm like, yeah, bring me a little dude with a big wallet and, and a bad attitude. Bitch, I will make you my pay pay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to ask you about that. We okay. want to know more about your, uh, your domination and submission experiences and your stories from set. But first, I want to talk about... Our sponsor, our sponsor, Sext Panther. Oh, yes. So sexpanther.com, for all you guys out there, is your way to build an intimate relationship mm. with your favorite porn star. <laughs> You've heard girls on the show like Ginger Lynn, Courtney Taylor, Christy Canyon, Christina Rose, Kimberly Chi. All of these individuals are on Sex Panther and literally thousands more. And... It's your way of getting to know them. So you can send them a DM on Twitter and they don't respond and, and um, <laughs> you know, you understand why. It's because you're not supporting them. But this way allows you, allows them to set a rate for sexting with them and you can send them a dick picture and they'll look at it and they'll tell it, send you a, a picture back. Or you can talk to them on the phone. Ginger Lynn tells me that people don't even ask her about sex stuff. A lot of the people that call Ginger want to know about her relationship with Charlie Sheen and what it was like working on Young Guns 2 and all these other things. So it's not just a way for you to see more pictures of your favorite porn star. It's your way to get to know them personally and build a special bond. Allura Jensen is not on there yet, but Damn. very soon she will be. And then you will be able to get to know Allura, who is so wonderful in so many different ways. You know, and you don't want to get a picture necessarily. Like, you can go on Brazzers and find Allura Jensen pictures, but that's not Allura Jensen in the morning with no makeup on in the shower, or um, you know, or Christina Rose, who you know just got done with working on her car and is covered with uh, oil and stuff, and is showing you the real Christina. So, Chris, so Sex Panther is your way to see. The real, the intimate, the true side of porn stars, get to know them and let them get to know you as well. And if you are one of the many, many performers that listens to this show because of all the great advice that we give you in terms of producing your own content, and we're certainly going to ask Allura mm -hmm. for advice for the younger performers as well in a little while, if you're one of the many performers, you should be on Sex Panther. This is your way to build an intimate relationship with your fans and weed out the ones who don't want to pay and just want to be the silent, you know, non-paying type of fans. That's okay. We love those too. But Sex Panther allows you to be able to focus on the ones that are willing to spend a little bit of money to help support your career. So do go check it out. That is sextpanther.com. That's S-E-X-T, like sexting, 
uh, panther.com. Go check it out today. All right, back to it here. So you got into the porn industry. Um, I was looking at your Italian or Spanish Wikipedia or something like that here. Apparently you don't have a you don't have an English one, but you do have one here that claims you were born in Italy. And is yeah. it, were you born in Italy? No, of I was course not. Born in okay. Philadelphia. Okay. So, um, but one of the things I thought was interesting here is that they said that you're known for doing femdom videos primarily. Um, yes, mean bitches is my oh, that's my jam. You certainly have been on Mean Bitches a number of times. I actually just tried to book you. I, I hope they told you uh, two weeks ago. I think we tried to book you. And I'm still recovering. Yes, you were recovering from yeah. a, a round of surgery. So we certainly hope to see you uh, in September or whenever you're back in action. We can't. Well, I've already got August booked <laughs> yeah. out, but September. You know, we'll definitely um, put you on the calendar for then. Uh, so you've worked for Mean Bitches. It, but you're such a nice person in real life. I have a, I have a lot of a lot of you know pre porn trauma to work out. I've actually um, I the the feel that I get for the femdom it, it amuses me. I, I get it from all of the terrible experiences I've had with men or women or just life in general when people are shitty to me. Mm-hmm. I remember how I feel, and and that's where all of that comes from. Just just the ignorant people that I've experienced in life. Um, I take it out on my co stars. If they enjoy that sort of thing. Right. <laughs> but do you, so you enjoy it. Do you enjoy being sadistic when the guy is into being treated badly? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. If he's a sub, if he's a true sub or if he's a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it fuels my fucking engine to treat a guy like the pansy-ass bitch that he is. Because I have no respect for a weak spine man. And he deserves to be treated like something that needs to be licking my feet. Absolutely. Mm. Now, a dominant man, however, they're even more fun to break. Oh. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Oh, oh God. <laughs> is there a story behind this in real life? Or would you say you've broken somebody that was um, in a scene or in real life? I... I Lovers are my toys. They're my toys. I, of course, I like people, but once they cross the threshold into a sexual venue or oh, experience, um, they're there for me. <laughs> I mean, I, I reciprocate, of course, but when someone poses themselves to me in such a vulnerable way, how I see the person or their character for the scene or you know, off camera, um, determines how I'm going to treat them sexually. Mm-hmm. And if someone even remotely, a microcosm of, of weakness or of indecision, indecision annoys me too. If someone is not capable or willing to make sexual decisions, I'll, I'll take that, that responsibility off their hands. Yeah. Yeah. And if they don't know or don't want to be willing to learn how to please me, I have to show them. Yeah. Yeah, and, and if that means that putting my ass on their face so they can't breathe for a second or two, then fine. You know, that makes me happy to, to teach them something about how to please women. Yeah. <laughs> so we shot Leah Falcon a few weeks ago. You know Leah, right? I love of her. Yeah. <laughs> so Leah, whether you say cut or action or whatever, there's no change in her character. If you place her next to a sub... She is going to try to ruin that person's life. <laughs> he wants. You, you, what you see is what you get with Leia. And I can tell all of you listening, she is like that 
all the time. There's no camera layer, no off camera layer. Right. She is truly genuine. Yeah. She has no respect for submissive white guys who are into being cuckolds. And <laughs> None. She would, you know, I would have to, I, I probably have to tell her. Well, I do have to tell her every time we shoot her that just because you can set Marcelo on fire, for example, doesn't mean <laughs> you should. You know, we do have safety standards oh. and so on. I, but what I'm getting at here is that, and then as another example, like, I play in my scenes sometimes. I play the sub sometimes. Sometimes I play the mean bull in the cuckold scenes. I love that. I enjoy very much uh, being completely mean to cuckolds. Mm. For me, it's though it's because I enjoy entertaining people and cuckolds are really into being degraded in this manner of where like I'm the the Mm. bookie and the, the, the guy lost... He has big, big gambling debts, and so his wife has to come have sex with me, and then I'm mocking the guy who lost all the money and telling him that, look, it's this. It's all because you're such a loser <laughs> that your wife is now just having sex with another man right in front of you, and we're both spitting in your face and all that stuff. That's okay. so hot. <laughs> but that's – so I'm not sure which which one of these are both you fall into. Leia is sadistic. She just likes being mean to guys I like entertaining people. I'm really not mean. Right. What are you? I I am universal. Mm-hmm. I am in no way a sub. And when I, I get cast to be submissive, it's not believable to anybody. Yeah. No, because I'm laughing the whole time. I'm yeah. fucking laughing. Like, bitch, please. You know, um, it depends on the person. See, like you, if you and I were to do a scene together, I respect you. And because I respect you... I wouldn't be able to bring out like that full on dominant bitch, but I would have fun teasing you or something. Yeah. A guy has to be a bitch for me to, to want to treat him like shit. But if he's a respectful, strong man in his own world, then, you know, yeah, we'll fucking, we'll have a great time, but I'm not going to treat him like a sissy. Yeah. What does that make me? So a hybrid. You're somewhere in the middle. Yeah. You're, you're somebody who adapts to each situation. I think yeah. is what it is. Um, and if you and I were in a scene, I think we'd have to do the cuckold thing because where I'm a bull, just having sex with you, so that we could both mock some poor. You I've, know. I've seen your dick. I would love to do that. <laughs> okay, we'll do that sometime. <laughs> your body is so spectacular. It would be such mm. a, it's a pleasure to do. Um, absolutely. Um, okay, so let's talk about your sets then. Mm-hmm. You. You clearly enjoy doing the scenes the most where oh, yeah. you are aggressive. Or, what are some of your favorite scenes? I mean, I'm allowed. Um, it depends on the company. Some companies, they have a very specific, detailed script written out, and word for word has to be said, and that's exhausting. It takes the fun out of the fucking... Um, I agree. My, my most pleasurable and exciting experiences are when the director and the company say, here's the idea we want you to perform... Have, go have fun, have sex. Go fuck. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I love that. And I love working for companies like Mean Bitches and other companies. I'm not sure. Am I allowed to name them? Yeah, name anybody. Absolutely. Okay. Naughty America is really, really good about that. Um, yeah. They were the first company that allowed me to go balls out. Yeah. And that was exciting. And that gave me the fuel and the experience to be able to bring that to like Mean Bitches and other companies who uh, let me do me. Yeah. Um, my very first outrageous sex scene that I did, uh, was for Naughty America. And they said, here's the idea we want you to perform. 
and it was with Bill Bailey. May he rest in peace. Yeah. Um, he was a lovely, lovely man and a really exciting person to work with. Passed away recently in a very tragic accident where yeah. he, he, he fell over a railing, basically. And, yeah, it was sad. Um, but anyway, his scene was... And he, he was such... He was, he was um, what do you call... Um, oh, I, I can't think of the word right now because, you know, that just... Um, Bill was a very creative person. Yeah. And I was brand new. It was my first sex scene for Naughty America ever. And of course I'm nervous because he's a big star, you know, and he did the whole pile driver thing on me. And I'm like, this must be a porn thing. I, I don't understand this. Like you guys have to bend a woman in half and fuck her from, by, you know, guys, come on, you know? <laughs> and he, he was an actor. Bill, when he was performing before he passed, he was an amazing actor. He was fun to be around on set. And he, he really knew how to bring out a character. And I said, oh, you're going to be a great actor? Well, I have to. I can't look like, like some dope. I can't, you know. And he, he was fun to work with. Um, the set, though, the, the acting, that was fun. He was a computer repair guy. Yeah. And it was Cyber Monday, my very first Naughty America scene. You guys go check that out. That was hilarious. Oh, that's cool. And he... Um, he made it fun, and he, with his acting, gave me permission to bring out my inner, my inner badass. And I remember that like it was yesterday. He, uh, may he rest in peace. And uh, okay, I don't. I'm sorry. You know, the first scene, or maybe the second time we shot you, we had a storyboard and we had a very strict plan for what we were going to do in the scene. And I'm sure you noticed that the subsequent times we've shot you, we don't. Right. Um, and I learned. <laughs> That there are some performers that need, like, really mm -hmm. specific direction. And then there are some that are best when you just let them know before the scene what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And then just let them go and occasionally just give them a shove in the direction that you want them to go. Right. That's you. You're, mm -hmm. you're an improv specialist. And I think the scenes that we shot recently with you have gotten better and better and better. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy. It was when... Um... Meeting people like Bill and people like Lucas Stone and Johnny Sins. Oh, he was a big influence on me as well. Yeah, Johnny's good. Um, he, woo. <laughs> oh, hi, Johnny, if you're listening. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, respectfully so, of course. But, you know, it's when, it's when they give you permission to bring out your inner badass and, you know, show us what you got, girl. That's a challenge to me. Yeah. That's, that's, that's like sissy boy walking up and trying to tell me what to do. And I'm like, bitch, no. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. You don't, you, if you're going to tell me what to do, do it with some fucking authority. You know, do it with, with, with something that I can, I can understand. Because the, the scripted scenes, they're, I get worried. I, they hinder my ability to be exciting on camera because I, I get worried that I'm not going to do it right. Yeah. You know, and I'm always thinking in the back of my head, is, is this what the fans want to see? But when I trust in my own ability, if the director trusts me to do something with my own creativity, then I'm trusting that the fans will as well. And, yeah, the really freaky, fucked up shit, like the, the foot worship. Oh, fucking love foot worship. Putting my feet on a man's face and, and making him worship my feet while watching his dick get hard. I just, oh, it's, it's, like, it's like heroin. <laughs> I can't get enough of it. That's good. Oh. And, the, and those foot fans are so passionate as mm. well. Uh, what about the multi multiple guy scenes? You do those with the I mean being an infomaniac, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. In fact I just did um 
I just did for a dog fart. Yeah. They had scripted a five guy gangbang for me. Yeah. Lit me on fire. I drove my ass all the way to California and I yeah. said, let's do this. Oh my God. Cause I mean the double penetration, I've, I've never done triple anatomical penetration. Of course with toys, you can do anything if you're creative, but I'm thinking five guys. Yes. Yes. It reminded me of that first time I had group sex. I was 18 years old and it brought back all of those physical feelings of sensations and arousals. And I take that to set and I'm like, yes, I'm going to fuck five guys today. But then at the very last minute, there were, there were physical uh, difficulties involved and we had to rewrite the entire script, the entire scene. And we had a three guy gangbang, which is still just as awesome. And I got to do DP and I'm like, yes. So someone's fucking my face and someone's fucking my ass and I'm getting stuffed in my pussy. And I'm just, I'm, I'm like, does life get any better than this? <laughs> well, okay, so let's go behind the scenes a little bit because I think a lot of guys are interested in how exactly a situation like that works. Okay. When you um, get booked for a five-guy gangbang, yeah. first off, you're getting paid more than a normal scene. Correct. Sure. Absolutely. Secondly, do you are you choosing – how does the list of guys get set up? Because it's not actually easy for a producer to find five guys in one day at one time to be in a scene like this. And and there there are – yeah, these are really good points to make, especially for people who are new to the industry. Or well, a lot of our fans are aspiring producers. So it, there are people all over the country and over the world, and I get questions constantly. People saying, I heard your show. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in doing this. Please give us more tips and so on. So help out the producer who's aspiring to do gangbangs. Sure. Um, well, I, I have really good leadership. Mm-hmm. I have an agency that teaches me. Even if it doesn't make me money, they teach me how to do things the right way and how to have respect for the process. Um, Girls get paid per penetration. And each person that you introduce warrants more money because the risk is higher. Girls get paid for the risk. Men get paid for the risk. If they're being penetrated, they're getting paid for the risk of transmission or injury. Um, So for each man, the rate goes up a certain amount. Yeah. And in order to be able to acquire a cast that will successfully make a group scene or yeah. a gangbang, yeah. you have to find a woman who has a no list, which is hospitable to that. Yes. Because it is every person's right to say, I will not work with someone who does this, with someone who does that, or with this type of person, a physical limitation, such as race or, mm-hmm. or age or body type. That's everybody's right. Um, I don't have one of those. I work with everybody. There you go. I want all the sex. Yeah. Give it to me. I think sex is exciting because of a, what a person brings to it and not because of their physical characteristics. So my, my people can cast me in a group scene with no problems. <laughs> You're easy. But by the way, the director, the producer has to think about Mm -hmm. the interaction between the five guys. Oh, yeah. You got to be careful that you're not getting two alphas. You know, the pack can only be led by one alpha. If you get two guys that both want to be first or arguing or going to be sniping at each other all day long, it ruins the ambiance of the the room, of the day. One hundred percent. And you also have to find... The, the group of men willing to work together who don't have social, you know, constraints. Like one's dating somebody's ex, which yeah. has happened to uh, this. This happened. This 
this is why the five man gangbang didn't work for <laughs> yeah, okay. for dog fart, which yeah. was outrageously infuriating to the director who put so much work yeah. into the day. Um, one of them was dating a woman who we both know who we won't say, and someone else had feelings for her. And we got through the entire day, <laughs> all of the photographs, and we were just getting ready to start the sex portion of the production. So for those of you who don't know, this is eight hours of time. Yeah. Because if there are five men involved, there are photographs mm -hmm. that take hours. Um, and then the introduction of the video where you're just talking or you're acting before the sex starts, that takes like an hour or two. Yeah. Two and to two and a half hours of makeup to start the day. Absolutely. And and not, not, not to mention this, but the director, the producers, they have to pay people to be there to do this. They have to rent the set. They have to feed people. So all of this money was put into that day. And then the two just could not keep their shit together because of a woman who we both know who's fantastic. Yeah. But one was in love and hurt that the other one had her attention and company at that time. <laughs> so, a, you know, some juvenile bullshit collapsed the production. Yeah, yeah. And wow. If you guys that are listening, you want to be a male performer in this industry, one thing that you need to understand is that you will not last long in this industry once you get the reputation that you cause problems on set. Of oh, yeah. Kind. And it is only natural for people in the industry to start dating. Mm -hmm. And then it's only natural for people in the industry to start being jealous of each other. Sure. If you can't keep that stuff under control, you're not going to be in our industry very long. And some people even end up in jail as a result as well. We've seen that happen before. We have. Too. So you have to be the right kind of, have to have the right kind of temperament to be in our industry. You know, I, and I, it's, it's, it's funny to me. It never, not once ever fails to amuse me the impression people have of what we do. Yeah. They think all you do is you show up and you have sex and you go home. It is nothing, very little to do about the actual sex. There is so much work and there's so much professionalism required that the sex that happens on camera, I am going to be confident to say is 10% of the job. Yeah. It's 10%. There's, there... yeah, no, you're absolutely right. If you have an eight hour day, yeah. Of that, mm -hmm. so that's 480 minutes, about 48 probably was spent right. of filming the actual gangbang. And, and not even the, the, the 40, 480 minutes of that day, but it's the time put into the scene before that 480 minutes right. and the time after the scene. Right. You know, you, you can't show up to, to work, and we do call it work because it is a job. That's right. Um, and get yourself a boner and put your dick in some pretty little thing. And go home and act like an asshole and expect to get a job the next week. You can't do that. You have to have professional relationships that are going to foster some sort of continuity in someone's career. And that includes not bringing your personal life to work. So if you're dating somebody's ex, keep that shit to yourself. There you go. All right. So that's that's, that's Laura's uh, gangbang, which got made, right? Mm -hmm. So people right. can go check that out. We're going to ask... Laura, about another topic I'm very fascinated by and interesting in, interested in, and that is uh, uh, her winning BBW of the Year and body Ooh. shaming and so on. But first, I need to tell you about Savage Sin Clothing. Now, Alora, you look at me right now. What am I wearing? What does my shirt look like? Comfortable. Yeah, but what color? What, what design do I have in the shirt? No design. None. Because I am incapable of picking out shirts that have cool designs on them. As I've grown older... <laughs> I lost any fashion sense that I had, so every time you've ever seen me, I was either wearing a black shirt or this one, or a, this shirt. 
and I have on like cargo shorts. And so what have I done to solve this problem? By going to SavageSinClothing.com. Savage Sin Clothing is contemporary clothes that make you look cool. It's t-shirts, it's tank tops, it's bikinis, it's panties, it's all kinds of things. My suggestion is that you go to the website, browse around, take a look. You'll find stuff like, I'm looking at right now, uh, tank tops that say censored, tank tops that say never surrender, tank tops that say never stop the hustle, uh, t-shirts, uh, uh, panties, panties that are good looking for females as well, unisex clothing, as well as accessories. And we're talking about high quality shirts that do not shrink when you put them in the washer, shipped to you right here in the United States. This is good quality clothing that uh, that solves the problem of trying to find good contemporary things. You can wear it to the mall, you can wear it to the gym, you can wear it anywhere that you wear casual clothing. So go check it out, and I'm going to make this easy for you. Use my promo code, KINGSIN, K-I-N-G-S-I-N, and you're going to get a 40% discount on your order. Yep, that's right. Let me say that again for you because it makes a huge difference. 40% off by using my promo code K-I-N-G-S-I-N. So take my recommendation, go to their website, browse through, buy yourself some cool shirts and some panties today. All right, so let's get back to Alora Jensen. Alora Jensen, whose Twitter is alorajensen.com, A-L-U-R-A-J-E-N-S-O-N.com. Let's talk about your body. Um, because I just shot somebody a few weeks ago by the name of Sophia Rose. I'm looking forward to having her on the podcast as well. I love her. She's awesome, and she's yeah. great, and she's beautiful, and she is a big, beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. And so she, um, hence the word BBW. And I learned a lot that day about some of the things that are going on in the world of BBWs. It's all true. You are technically considered a BBW, yes. although you're a different kind of BBW. From the traditional type. Oh yeah, they. Uh, this this was a big deal for me. You so the big deal is she won BBW of the year this year. I did from from AVN. AVN, and right? I, it was AVN. Yes. Um, I was I was very upset about that. Mm-hmm. I was very very upset. I mean, I I'm so happy to be recognized for my work. Yes, of course, and everybody wants to win awards, and it's great. I, I love it. Thank you so much, ABN, and to the fans, you know, but it was upsetting to me. Because traditionally, BBW yeah. means... Um, obese. Obese. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. It, so traditionally, BBW has meant obese, but the word just stands for big, beautiful woman. Right. So people can interpret these things any way they want to, and there have been more... That's okay. Laura is my... now opening her energy drink because she needs yes. she needs energy to get on this topic here. We're going to let her rant. Um, it's been it's been um, eight years. I've been in the industry almost nine years now, and for several of those years, I have been a plus size woman, but not obese. Just let me be very clear here, right. to people. Um, she has never been obese and is not obese today. And. I, I, it started with Brazzers. Um, God love Brazzers. They they hire me no matter what my shape or size, um, and so do many of the other companies um, because it's, for me it's about personality. So I'm, but they were the first people to label me a BBW. Brazzers still to this day has me listed as a BBW, even though I am physically fit, have an athletic physique. I'm considered a BBW to them. Sure. 
Um, while women who I, I love and respect and admire, um, like Julie Cash, yeah. Evanati, yeah. are um, not quite as small as I am, but they're not listed as BBW. So I, I don't know why that is. But you're in there. Well, you're, but you're right. You're in that category with yeah. them. Those are big boned, thick women, right. essentially. Which is, which is you. very attractive to many people. Yeah. And I, I love my body. I am 42. I'm never going to be small. And I'm cool with that. Um, but they labeled me as a BBW. And instead of nominating me for the MILF category, because I am someone who has had children and put my body back together after childbirth, which to me is why MILFs should be celebrated. Because the damage that having a baby does to a woman's body um, is sometimes permanent. And, and sometimes women just don't try to get their bodies back because things are more, other things are more important than, than their appearances. So to be labeled as a BBW um, and not as a MILF, that upset me because yeah. I put a fuck ton of work into making my appearance attractive after having children, after becoming 40, 40 plus. Um, it, it insulted me. It insulted me. And even though I knew that I was a few pounds past my, my technical healthy weight. Um, my breasts easily weigh 16 pounds. So if I, and I'm going to say it, I, I'm not ashamed. If, if I weigh at the time I was about 200 pounds, 200 is the magic number. If you're 200 pounds or more, you're automatically considered a BBW. Is that what, how they explained it to you? Did you go to AVN and say, why am I in this category? And that's what they said. No. No, this was years before that happened. Um, mm -hmm. So I just accepted that because I was a 200 pound woman, I'm also five foot eight without shoes. Yeah. How many porn stars are more than five foot four, five foot five? I'm tall. I'm a big woman. You know, if you see me at the grocery store, you're not going to think that. But if you put me on camera with a man who is five foot eight or five foot nine, I'm going to be wearing four to six inch heels. I, I tower over them. Yeah, like me. Right. You stand next to me. Right. And and women who are my size, like Eva, who's tall. Yes. And Julie Cash, who is tall. Yes. Those are all five foot eighters and you, above. You take these beautiful women with a pair of hips that will break a man's heart and legs that are strong enough to choke a guy. Mm -hmm. If he's into that, hey. <laughs> but you, they look large mm -hmm. on camera. It's a visual trick. And I don't think browsers knew what they were doing, the course they were setting for my career when they labeled me as a BBW because they didn't know where else to put me. They didn't know how else to grab attentions from fans that she is this type of body because my weight, of course, I went through life experiences and my weight would fluctuate no shit by only 10 pounds. Sure. But that 10 pounds on a five foot eight woman who's naked on camera yeah. is very obvious very obvious. It made my legs thicker. Um, and sometimes not quite as smooth and, and their, their appearance, or it made my midsection thicker. Yeah. Um, and the very smallest changes of a woman's physique are hyper announced on camera. So yeah, I was a little bit bigger, but I was never obese. And then when they started nominating me, urban X was the first urban X awards was the first to nominate me for an award. And I was excited. I was like, okay, I got used to at that point being called a BBW, never called myself a BBW mm -hmm. because I didn't want to insult the women who put in the time and the work and the aggravation and the sacrifice to be true BBWs, big, beautiful women that men who appreciate 
uh, celebrate. Yeah. They celebrate women who are BBWs because they have the physique that is traditionally labeled BBW, obese, have the very large waistline to yeah. hip waist ratio. It is all about hip to waist ratio, the BBW community. Yeah. Um, and if a woman doesn't have a pro, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? If she doesn't have a very large waistline mm-hmm. with relationship to her his, hips or breasts, mm-hmm. they don't consider her a true BBW. Right. That's unfortunate. Well, this is the ironic part about mm-hmm. this whole situation is that you can own it, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody can call you a BBW and you can say, I am. I'm a big, beautiful woman, so yeah. I'm proud that you guys have all voted for me and I won this prestigious award. However, the BBW community oh, yeah. is upset and you can understand why. Oh, yeah. And because I- you don't fit the traditional mold of a BBW Not and they're what- saying, hey, this is our... This is our area, and we have enough trouble trying to win awards amongst ourselves before we start getting beaten by people that don't fit in our traditional community. And I I totally felt that. Mm -hmm. The second I found out I got nominated, I was like, oh, my God. I I in no way asked for it, and I didn't want to insult BBWs by declining the nomination. Yeah. Because what does that say about them? What, am I too good to be labeled as a BBW? What, does that mean BBWs are less attractive than me? So I, I rolled with it, and I, I extended a PR campaign um, to explain that in an understated and very kind way. If you're going to call me a BBW, I am going to own it. Yeah. I'm going to celebrate other BBWs and teach them that it's okay to be proud of being labeled a BBW no matter what your physical shape is. Absolutely. Or weight is, because I might be five foot eight and weigh 200 pounds, but the five foot two, two hundred pound woman looks very different. But that she's still a big, beautiful woman. Um, and I reached out immediately. I mean, within minutes of finding out of the nomination, I reached out to all the BBWs in the industry, and I began to approach the nomination as a celebration of women, and not just of large women. Yeah. And I rallied them. And yeah. it was a conscious, deliberate decision that I made. I can't do anything about other people nominating me as a BBW. I did not win that year, actually. Um, the first time this happened, I didn't win. Sophia Rose won that year. She actually asked me to bring her trophy home. <laughs> and I was like, girl. <laughs> but that's when it started. That's when the industry uh, picked up on labeling me as a BBW. And what people don't understand about award shows some of them, especially if they're newer or not as popular with certain demographics, is they use big names to grab ratings. They use big names to sell tickets. They use big names who will try to um, campaign for these awards to bring in other performers who they would rather see. Um, and that, that's very real. That's like a television show putting a big star in their show to grab ratings so other people will want to watch it. And I knew exactly what was happening. I knew why they not nominated me, because they wanted me to campaign for votes so people would, would pay more attention to their award show. Fine. Whatever. Sure. I'm still not going to castrate myself among my colleagues who, um, who don't understand. A right. lot of people don't understand how award shows work. Some no, you're absolutely right. See, I ran an award show. Mm-hmm. I did the Femdom Awards a few years back. Hell yeah. <laughs> and and so, so people understand out there... Award categories are runaway trains, essentially. Mm-hmm. You have to put people in with big names. Yeah. 
Um, you you kind of have to, because you, you, you otherwise nobody's going to watch your show. Right. Once you do, and you want to maintain integrity, as the people at AVN, they really want to maintain integrity. Yeah. And as an example, so a few years ago, uh, Angela White won something like 38 awards in one year. <laughs> that was so plus crazy. Plus, she was the host to the show. Yeah. Plus, she got into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Trust me on this, people. AVN did not want that. They did not want that at all. And they realized they had created a monster here. Yeah. And they couldn't stop it because the alternative is for them to go in their meetings – all right, Angela's winning 38 awards. Should we take some of her awards away and give them to other people? She won't care. Right. But then you have destroyed the integrity right. of your judging and voting system, and where do you draw the line, right. and who is it fair to? Right. This is what happens. And by the way, I won Femdom Strap-On Award one year, and I don't make strap-on videos. That's so cool. And I get, again, AVN explained this to me and said, we don't interpret the award categories for people. Mm-hmm. You got yours, somehow you got nominated. Yeah. And the judges decided that it was Femdom and Strap-On or something like that. And they interpreted the category however they wanted to and right. you won. This is what happened with you is that BBW, emphasis on the word B for be, for beautiful. Thank You're you. beautiful. Thank Sophia you. Rose is beautiful. Yeah. Carla's beautiful. You know, many of the BBWs that I know mm-hmm. um, are absolutely stunningly beautiful ladies. Yeah. And so once you become a nominee, mm-hmm. the judges are going to interpret the word BBW in any way that they see fit. Yes. And you're big and you're beautiful. So nobody's going to sit there and say she's not. Right. So then if you're amongst the BBW crowd, you have a legitimate beef in that the category of BBW was not defined right. in the manner that they want it to be defined. And they need to go back to solve the problem. Right. I'm talking to you, BBWs. I love you. Yeah. Um, that, and I know you're talking to AVN. You need to talk to AVN and, and, you know, if you want the category to be natural BBW of the year, then that's what you need to have it defined as. But, but they don't see, I, I think the thing with AVN, when at that point I had, I had already been nominated as a BBW. So that put a label on me. Mm-hmm. And I think after so many years, AVN, um, wanted, they saw my work, they saw things I was doing. They were happy about it. And they wanted to to give me the opportunity to win something, but I don't think they knew where to put me, because the milfs that get nominated are not big women. Not once have I ever seen a larger, um, mature female be nominated for milf of the year. Never, mm. not once, mm. because I'm not thin. I'm not unmarked. I do have stretch marks. I've had babies, y'all. Like, yeah, my body's banging, but it's not traditional for what normal award you know nominees have for themselves. Um, but I think they wanted to, they wanted to give me a chance to win something. So they saw that urban X had nominated me as BBW and they're just like, Hey, screw it. You know, she's, I didn't speak out about it negatively because I didn't want to insult my BBW sisters. And so I accepted that. And ABN is a big deal since the day I set foot onto my first porn set. And still to this day, I look at ABN like the standard. Oh yeah. They're the standard. If ABN says, good job. That means, that means I made it. When they nominated me as BBW, I took it as a stepping stone. Yeah. You know, thank you. Yes, I am plus size and yes, I am overweight according to industry standards, (laughs) but I'm not obese. And what am I going to say? No, thank you. Yeah. But I mean, to all of the women who were nominated, who truly did deserve to be celebrated for being BBWs, I felt fucking terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I felt fucking terrible. And I actually left the awards show before 
uh, having a chance to get my trophy because one, I didn't think I was going to win. I thought it was more bullshit. Like with the, with the other award show, like you guys are just putting my name in here so people will pay attention to the category. No, it wasn't the case. I actually won. Yeah. And I didn't know until the next day. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, legitimately when AVN, I mean, I think a lot of people don't believe AVN is legitimate with their awards, but the yeah. truth is, is that they have judges. They count up the count the votes and, and then they, it goes the way it goes. Um, so, okay. Do you want to, I like, we got to wrap up this topic here. Okay. Do you want to put, put a bow on that in some way? Or do you think you pretty much got the message? No, up? I do want to put a bow on it. Um, award shows, awards, nominate award nominations don't define who a performer is. They celebrate the idea that someone else has of her or him, right. but they don't define. So, for those who were patient and forgiving of me getting that award and being labeled a BBW, even though it hurts their feelings or insults them, I appreciate you. And I thank you for not lashing out at me. Um, that means a lot to me that the BBW community didn't direct their anger or their hatred at me, mm -hmm. but at the situation. And that really meant a lot to me. Good. Good. Well said. Well said. I think it's a controversial topic mm -hmm. and I think you, you're handling it very well. Thank you. All right, so we're kind of into overtime now, and okay. the most important thing of the um, of the podcast is giving you an opportunity to tell people about your latest projects and where they can see more of you and what you got going on. So let's talk about what else you got going. Starting with, I think you have an OnlyFans. I have many websites now. Okay, let's hear about all your websites. I very early on in the industry, and I'm going to keep this brief for all of you because Google is your buddy. Google is your buddy. I'm not going to throw out a bunch of website addresses because that sucks. And the chances of you guys having pen on you is very, you know, just fuck it. Just Google me. You'll yeah. find all that shit. Right. Um, I owe a lot of gratitude. I would rather express my gratitude to people who taught me how to expand. Um, I have websites now. They're everywhere. And I'll be joining uh, sexpanther.com very soon if you guys, um, you know, keep an eye out for that because that's going to be a lot of fun because I'm a freak. But um, I owe my thank you to people like you and to other directors who have taken the time to teach me over the years how they became successful because I pay attention to all of that shit. So if you have respect for a company, chances are they've influenced my, my present and my future. So thank you to everyone who has hired me over the past. Well, you are truly one of the best performers in the industry, um, not just in terms of your performances, but listen, if you're a director or producer out there, you can make your life a lot easier by booking somebody like Allura who has a huge fan base who will pay you to see her. Never forget that. That's lesson number one is it's a business. Yeah. And sometimes you you just need to make the decision based upon who can um, bring you revenues, who, sure. who has loyal fans. And that's where the part of it comes in that it all is works hand in hand. Because without great performances, you don't get loyal fans. Right. Without being able to make a connection with your fans, you don't get loyal fans. Laura makes a connection with her fans. Yeah. I know you just told them to Google, but I want you to okay. say the URLs of a couple of them right. here because I want people who listen to this podcast um, to be able to sure. spend money while they are erect right now. And go <laughs> Please give me your money. <laughs> um, well, uh, dot com is my official website. Yeah. That was the first one. I, I do have an OnlyFans. It's Alora Jensen 2011. Um, that's my OnlyFans. That was, that's pretty freaky. Um, that's also the only place until I joined Sex Panther where you can send me private messages. Mm, okay, good. Um, but I 
oh god, I'm on Fan Centro, I'm on Snapchat, all of them are listed um, on my Twitter page, which is at Alora Jensen. And there are other there are other pages uh, that are membership sites. Um, I'm on I Want Clips. I am. Oh, good. Yeah. I also am on the avn.com. Oh, the new one, Avian Stars. Good. Uh, that's under construction. I've got like eight years of content to upload to them, which yeah. I'm in the process of doing. Yeah. And fans at NaughtyAmerica.com. Also, I'm oh, on that yeah. one as well. And if it's a pay site, chances are I'm on it. That's why I didn't want to yeah. overload your people with it. Um, but yeah, chances are I'm on it. But you guys, um, no matter which site you choose to check out or maybe become a member of, be assured that everything that you're seeing is going to be fire. Like, I, I put my all into fucking on camera. There you go. Join the Legion of Allure Jensen fans. <laughs> Let me wrap this thing up by telling you that, uh, well, first off, I have exciting announcements coming in the near future. This is sort of the end of season one. Not this episode, maybe, but um, we did our first podcast in season one in September of last year. So we're rolling up upon the end of it, and I plan to take this show to greater and higher heights uh, by expanding sometime over the next few months, I want to start branching out and talking to more than just adult performers and maybe work our way into some other entertainment areas such as maybe pro wrestling or acting or authors or so on. And so you guys want to be watching out for that. Now, if you are one of our 60,000 subscribers who are listening to the show today, we thank you so much. And uh, if you're not, if you're somebody that's just a fan of Allure's that checked in on the show, we would appreciate if you would subscribe. Subscribe to the show and give us a five-star review because that helps us get more subscribers. We're out there. We're on Google Play, Spotify, um, um, iTunes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. We're on YouTube. We're everywhere that you can get podcasts. So go check us out. Subscribe. And give us a don't and like I said before many times, don't even need you to listen to the show. Just give us that five star review. That's what we want from you people. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go, everybody. The great Laura Jensen. Thank you so much for listening. This has Thank been a great you. episode. Of Let's talk it all. Yay!